This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. I want to touch on back at the panel because there was something very interesting that you spoke about. And... That was something about you being reluctant about playing Rockley uh, because of the storyline of him and Guy. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit further? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Thanks for paying so much attention. <laughs> I thought it was one of the most um, interesting things. So I was like, really? I didn't ever think about it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, basically what I said at the panel, just to kind of fill your 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 audience in. Um, you know, when I Mary Elizabeth, who I refer to, the director. Um, you know, the first audition stuff. So I can't really remember, I'm trying to think if, if they were auditioning me with, with the actual content of the first episode. I guess they were, maybe a, maybe a, a mixed uh, a mixed tape, if you will, <laughs> some of the first couple episodes, you know, right. to, to, you know, show me the visuals and get me, you know, in the groove. Right. Um, but, you know, I found, uh, initially, I found the guy Sensei Rock Lee uh, relationship you know, kind of abusive. Um, and I wasn't comfortable with, um, you know, how, for lack of a better word, abusive guy sensei was mm-hmm. and that kind of codependent relationship that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really unhealthy and I thought it was um, a little troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, you know, I don't really, I'm not comfortable with that kind of um, parental, you know, uh, child. Right, uh, right. The, the, their vibe. I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't comfortable with that, you know. Um, you know, mind you, I, I do have a martial arts past, a small one, but you know, I get the, the sensei, you know, thing and I get the discipline and all that, but I just thought it was a little heavy handed on the abuse. You thought that he was fighting to the Kumite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, this is Brian Donovan and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a great show for you today on our talk topic. We will be reviewing Project Power, Netflix's new movie starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominic Fishback. Uh, There's a lot to talk about about this movie. You know, probably one of the better things to watch this year so we're going to talk about that thoroughly the goods the bads all of it on this and uh, see where it comes out at the end before we get down to it i want to give a big thanks and shout out to brian donovan once again you heard the clip you heard his liner his uh his uh soundbite if you will and uh he was great he was absolutely a great uh guest to have and he was everything that i hoped he would be not to mention he was my first video interview that i've done remember if you want to see the video version of that interview go out of your way to go to our acmg facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 if you're still down with facebook i know there's a lot of instagrammers out there who just 
or religiously to that but you know we got it we got to give love to the facebook community so uh it's there if you want to see it and down the line i will eventually put that up on youtube or whatever to be shown on my youtube channel as well that i barely use as well as um talktomlive.com so you'll be able to see the videos there i did say that i will eventually put in the cast of naruto virtual panel that i did with the cast down the line which included brian as well uh so you'll get a chance to see that and uh hopefully more down the line so oh in fact you will see more because this week this week actually uh josh chernoff from fight tv's so says Chernoff will be coming on to talk about not only wrestling it'll be a wrestling centric episode so wrestling fans definitely get ready for that i'm always for it whenever josh comes by it will always be a wrestling centric episode it's like one of the rare times that we could talk about it but there is a significance to the acmg format because he has been added to the retro mania wrestling uh game as the ring announcer so i am looking forward to talking about him and this new milestone of his and much much more going on in the world of pro wrestling so you know definitely stay tuned for that as well but we got a lot of news to get into folks so let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg order of news that i definitely want to talk about is brian donovan's documentary if you heard our interview we talked about this and i saw the trailer to this and come to find out that it's available on amazon prime and i want to talk about real quick as to why i think everybody should watch this because this was the most amazing thing i've ever seen in terms of documentary it you know it didn't like in production and value it it, it's not something that like is going to blow you away as far as cinematics but what it had was a lot of freaking heart and it showed the, the the real life journey of brian and his sister kelly who has down syndrome uh and and somewhat of other conditions i won't you know give it away totally but uh he she's um experienced other you know medical conditions that was beyond her control and he it, it, it takes you through the journey of his love of his unconditional love for his his uh his sister and what he would go to the what lengths he would go to make his sister happy and i've known people throughout my life with family members who are um who are special needs if you will and they care for their their family members you know very well and i'm not trying to compare and contrast it but for some reason brian has gone to the extra measures to go out of his way using his means and doing some of the most incredible things that you would normally see from make a wish and it's to that length like he he could i mean it's almost like they make a wish took the template of what Brian has done to bring joy to people in uncertain circumstances. And it's just, it, I was blown away at the amount of things that he was able to do for his sister, including like create an entire show for her with a packed crowd. It was one of the most amazing things and most loving things I've ever seen ever in any format i was just i was completely blown away and what it does is like it it really makes you think of what we should be doing right now for each other and the way we should be treating each other you know even if we're not family even if we don't have any conditions the way that we that they had like if if i was brian's parents i would be so happy and proud that my uh that my kid will be looking out for his sibling the way that they did it, it i mean <laughs> you know i grew up with a sort of a dysfunctional type of situation and we didn't all have that type of connection like that like he did with his sister i mean so much so that it actually you know put some unnecessary and unneeded weight to his relationships with um that he had with uh with women that he dated and it was just it's it's he was 
he's kind of the real life Peter Parker in some cases because you had these two dilemmas and it's like with great power comes great and he mentioned it's funny that he mentioned that on the uh on the interview because it is when you look at this at this this documentary it really is that he is he has two responsibilities that he's taking on he has this hero complex that he's taking on for his sister but he also has this other obligation for the people that he's you know significantly with and you know trying to juggle those together and you know it's it's been a crazy thing it's been a crazy road uh, for them and I, he said it's like a 10 year old film and it does show but you get to see such really cool things and some really interesting people if you're a cold case fan you're really gonna like this movie if you're a bg's fan you're gonna love this movie so i mean this documentary so um go out of your way to check it out it's available now on amazon prime it is absolutely breathtakingly heartwarming awesome it, it, it i mean oh, man i've never seen anything like this before but go out of your way to check it out and um uh, it's just amazing so shout out to him for that and just being the person that he is the really warm heartwarming soul that he is i felt this the minute that i had a chance to interview him on the naruto panel and that's why i asked him to come on to the show because i wanted to learn a little bit more about him he has this really laid back you know west coast type of vibe with him almost like uh beachcomber sort of kind of in somewhat well he was from the east coast too but i think he assimilated into that really well but also he kind of reminds me of beast boy to some extent (laughs) there's some beach uh, some beast boy vibes on him but he's he's phenomenal so kudos to him and uh, i'm glad i was able to check it out as well go out of your way to check it out amazon prime kelly's hollywood right there we i mentioned beast boy we should segue right to this dc fandom or fandome is coming next week and a lot of prep is coming for this first of all it's really funny if not for adult swim i would not have known about this i don't know to what lengths or have they advertised this big virtual convention just that they're doing but it appears to be a really big event coming and uh it's coming next week on the 22nd and what we're going to do is talk about some of the things that are happening here because now that I'm aware of it, thank you, Adele Swim, once again for that, and Steve Bloom, technically. <laughs> uh, we got a chance to check this out. So what they're doing, it, and this is I, it all makes sense now because during San Diego Comic-Con, the one thing that was missing from that, from, from those virtual panels was Jim Lee. Jim Lee was shown to present certain things in certain in regards to dc but normally during san diego comic-con he does his own panel in his own workshop where he where he draws a few sketches and everything and i'm telling you if like i said before when we when this pandemic thing is over and we get a chance and you get a chance to go back to san diego comic-con and he, if he's there go out of your way as a comic book fan as a true comic book fan go out of your way to see jim lee's uh panel it is absolutely awesome. I felt like going into a Metallica account, uh, concert, going into his panels. I, I went like, I think I went to his panels four times. Uh, one, two times during 2014 and two times during 2017. The second time I actually got the chance to ask him a question uh, in regards to, so it was, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty damn awesome to see that, uh, to be able to see him in person. And then to see him sketch and, and illustrate in person, just magnifique <laughs> so um what he's doing now is that he transitioned that panel to the dc fandom uh event so these events will consist of a bunch of different virtual panels in the same fashion as um Reed pops uh multiverse panel uh, as wizard world's panels you know recently and uh many more every you know pa- virtual panels is the one thing that we have to do now so um they have their own list of panels and some really big ones i might say as well we got the wonder woman 1984 panel which i'm going to be checking out um warner brothers games montreal announcement which guaranteed is going to include the suicide squad game that has been slightly announced so i think we're going to get a little bit more detail on that as well as hopefully some other big news that is coming from them as well so we'll see what that turns out to be um let me see i'm just going to get the ones that i'm going to do but I maybe point out some other ones as well jim lee portfolio review uh i'm not sure what that entails but 
that is going to be something that is going to happen. DC supervillain fan art. Uh, that's going to be a thing. Uh, we got the super surprise DC comic pa- uh, comics panel that I want to check out. The Snyder cut of Justice League panel that we're going to be checking out. Black Adam, which I think may actually include The Rock, possibly. So we're going to check that out. Uh, Ask Harley Quinn is something I'm definitely want to check out. I don't know to what format that they're going to do this. Like, I don't know if they're going to put this on YouTube or whatever, like uh, San Diego Comic-Con did. So we'll see. Um, There's a lot of interesting panels there. Wonder Woman's 80th celebration panel. Uh, Tomorrow, Superheroes with Jim Lee brought to you by Gold House. So we got that. You know, it's funny. I saw this. I, I, I cringe when I saw this, but I am also eagerly interested to see what they have to say about this. And that is the Shazam panel. Now, if you have been listening to this show, especially during the times when this movie came out, you heard my disdain for this movie in particular because of their depiction of my town in Philadelphia, which was absurd it was a total tourist depiction of philadelphia i hated this movie solely because of not because of the performances or whatever i mean zach levy i love him i love chuck one of my favorite shows of all time uh he did great he did great as uh shazam i didn't mind him as shazam i didn't mind um all the other characters the cast and everything megan good was on air i was down with that good awesome it was just I couldn't get past the depiction of Philadelphia. I just felt it was so disrespectful, in my opinion. It was like, come on, man. That's just, that's wrong. That is so wrong. But other than that, you know, I want to see if they even talk about that and why they decided to do it the way they did instead of just actually filming in Philly. You know, I know this has been done before. I remember when I went to, uh, I I, I went to the filming of, of all things, Transformers Dark of the Moon or Other Side of the Moon. I I think no, it was Dark of the Moon. No, Revenge of the Fallen. It was the second, it was the second movie. It was Revenge of the Fallen, which was the second, very forgettable movie I might take, where they filmed right up the street from where I live at in University City at at University of um, Penn they filmed there and the funny part was is that they were filming that air they were filming here but it was supposed to be princeton new jersey which i found out that it was like the the rival uh university to university of penn apparently so because princeton did not want them to be to film there they decided to film in philly and call it princeton which i think was was brian uh was um michael bay's dig at princeton for not doing it that way so michael bay was there uh shia labeouf there everybody even the bumblebee camaro was there i mean they, they filmed that whole entire spot there i remember that um and i also remember the extremely overly attractive um actors and extras that were there as well that i'm like this ain't philly no offense philly <laughs> but it, it you could tell west coast when you see it <laughs> so and you could tell a michael bay movie i learned uh, about michael bay movies from this point on after that film after the filming of that it was just it was it was a learning experience to say the least um but you know i get that they do that but it, it in some sense it just the way that they, the director did this there i felt like he lazily just used a tourist depiction just found out the 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 cliche you know tourist attractions to philly gino's steaks um you know market street whatever yada yada septa septa wasn't even the same i was not a fan of that so i'm hoping i'm watching this in hopes that they mentioned this and i i got a feeling i'm going to be disappointed but we'll see we'll see about that uh there's also uh, the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League panel that is going to be talked about as well. So you got that. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. There's more panels that are be going on, but they're also showing encores as well. If you missed that. So, um, of course, there's Batman, you know, um, there's Batman panels as well. Legacy of the Bat, uh, the Joker put on a happy face. Uh, 
you know, so they got they got some interesting things. Uh, the other one I'm, I'm looking forward to watching too. Uh, I'm Batman. The voices behind the cow. So I guarantee Kevin Conroy, maybe Troy Baker, a few others may be a part of this. That's going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. So there are some really cool, interesting panels for this, and uh, we'll see what come out. We'll see what comes out of this. Um, what the other thing that is absolutely coming out from this right now segueing on to our next discussion is the future of dc universe the app um jim lee confirmed just recently and kind of sad but not sad because this also means something is i think this is more beneficial news than it is sad news jim lee confirmed that dc the dc universe app will be moving or the content of the dc universe app will be moving to hbo max during an interview with the hollywood reporter jim lee announced that the streaming network and comic site will be making its uh new transition over to that network uh lots of speculation uh, of this dating back to uh when swamp thing was canceled a few other dc shows were canceled uh with no real explanation and then we saw DC Uni- uh, then we saw HBO Max coming out and we also noticed that one of the biggest things they were promoting was the latest season of Doom Patrol which aired this year. Uh we got to see people who own uh HBO Max got to see it there and people who are uh you know the DC Universe app got to see it here as well. So that was interesting and i guess it might have been a sort of a filler test to see how many people would absolutely watch that on air and it's possible that they may have got some great viewership on there i don't know to what extent but it was enough for them to make that decision to slowly transition everything else in this seemed to be indeed a slow burn to the inevitable uh lee went on to say that the original content of the dcu is migrating to hbo max as for the comic book library on the other hand uh lee said that there will be an announcement soon as to the whereabouts of his of its existence um my thoughts on this is that i actually think this is a good deal i think this is a good deal i kind of did want hbo max but i didn't want to pay any more extra fees so if they're migrating all of that content onto hbo max that's an advantage for them because they get now something that netflix does not have that uh disney plus does not have and it allows me to get hbo max without having to pay an extra fee all of that will be acquisitioned into one smell a uh, one fell swoop um so i i'm i'm all for this i don't know what they're going to do with the comic book library i had it's, chances are they might do a separate uh strap for that which i mean it is what it is i i i wanted to invest in that but i really didn't really invest in that so i mean i was more into the the uh the media content that they had the uh the, the the production the uh, animation and such and the movies and such so if hbo max is acquiring that that's a big coup on them so uh, of course all of this is owned by warner media so it's a good deal i think it's an absolutely great deal a great move on them that means i get to finally get hbo max that means i get to see all of the dc content on air as well as all of the new hbo content as well and the boondocks when that comes in and the snyder cut when it comes in so i was just going to get snyder cut and jump in and out and then the boondocks when they jump in and jump out and i don't have to do that anymore because i'm now going to be able to invest in hbo max because it'll have all that so I don't see a problem with this. This is not one of those situations where I'm going to be or, or, or fans need to be bitching and moaning about in this case. So I, this is this is a good thing. You get you're getting more than you are less. Now, if they decide to charge you more, that may be a situation. If they even remotely try to charge you more, it depends on the pricing. It depends on the pricing of what they do. And hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you'll get all of this for maybe at least a dollar or two more. If that's, a, if that's the case, that's not that bad. But if they try to boost it up like 20 bucks a month or something like that, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm done with DC <laughs> So for there. So uh, that is that. We'll see. Uh, next week, there's going to be a lot of answers when DC Fandom comes in. So let's see what the world has to offer when the world of DC and Warner Media. So uh, I didn't talk about this subject during Select Start, admittedly, because I forgot to talk about it. <laughs> But we're going to talk about it here because this, you know, we can talk about games on this format as well. Uh, but sad news about Yoshinori Ono 
leaving Capcom. Yoshinori Ono, I've talked about him before many times on this show. I had the pleasure of getting a chance to see him and meet him and get a picture with him at San Diego Comic-Con and have some few things autographed from him when I was there. After 25 years, the executive producer of the Street Fighter series and one of the if not the person responsible for revitalizing not only the street fighter franchise but the fighting game community as well and i mean as a genre has decided to quit capcom the reason uh, for this was uh said to be based on the direction that this year's capcom pro tournament structure which would have moved it which will be moving it to an online um format due to COVID 19. it's interesting uh, I feel like it, I feel like I want it to be a bigger or better reason than that, because I don't and we don't know to what extent of why he why this decision was enough for him to leave. I don't know if this decision meant that they were going to just completely change it to online even after um, COVID, you know, and, and we get the vaccine and everything goes back. I'm not sure. But if it's just this year then I, I i don't know if it was if it's only this year that they're doing it and then they go back into the original format of doing it in live arenas or whatever then maybe that's the case but you know i would if i was him i would hold out for a year if that's what it, and, and maybe he's just tired who knows maybe that's the actual reason i mean we don't know but I, for him, to, because they're is it is this f- structure and format going to be a consistent thing? Is this now going to be the new thing for years? If that's the case, then I understand. Because if you if you've ever seen Yoshinori Ono, he's a very he's a he's one of the biggest extroverts in the world. He loves being in front of a crowd. He loves entertaining. Um, if you ever go into a Capcom anything, whether it be in San Diego Comic Con or or you know the the pro tournament or evo he's one of the most charismatic fun dudes to be around he always carries around his little blanket character he always dresses up like a different cosplays as a different quirky crazy uh street fighter character he is over the top um he's one of the most awesome figures in video game history and to see him go like this and this is the effect of what COVID has done for people man it, we need not to take this lightly uh COVID-19 the pandemic coronavirus whatever you want to call it has put such a psychological and mental toll on all of us and I think it's something that we don't address enough and it is taking some of our normal our, our normacy away from us to a point that some of us have been affected dramatically i would say uh even the smallest bit of change can affect a person so i'm not to say that not to diagnose yoshinori ono as depressed or whatever like that i I, it would be a misdiagnosis at best but yeah the, the effects and changes of what's happening to our world has made people do some crazy things hell i'm not even gonna front it has affected me in so many ways you know, it has affected other people's in so many in so many ways. I, I, you know, to the point that this show may be a, a a vital point of me of my sanity right now. Me being able to talk about and express everything that we're doing and what I'm doing and what's going on in the world. Thank goodness that there's the world is still somewhat moving in a sense. But when you have taken out a lot of what's going on in people's life it affects you in a certain way and um you know who who's to say who's to say that this whole thing didn't affect him in a certain way it's got it in some in some form or fashion um talks of street fighter 6 has also been um rumored as well so we don't know to what extent i'm i'm pretty sure that hopefully we'll find out more as time goes by but as of right now all we know is that he's leaving strictly for the structure of that tournament um and and what's happening with that so i don't know and maybe down the line when we find out what they're actually doing with the with the pro tour uh tour tournament that we'll find out i i just i don't understand why people are even doing it at this point because you're not going to get the same impact as you would at a live crowd like 
doing I doing virtual for us, you know, like the Omega Fist tournament. It's it's kind of a, a thing because that's what we have. We don't have the means to do anything like that to that extent. But when you have something that big, and if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a mixed martial arts fan, you see how much lack a lack of a crowd is affecting the uh, those uh, companies and branches. I mean. AEW still managing to entertain and do really well. Uh, WWE, regardless of the ratings, because, you know, it's the core audience of 50 plus um, demographic that is still watching that show, regardless, because they're stubborn and, and just, you know, they're stubborn and, you know, they'll watch it, even if it's crap <laughs> that we've realized. But the lack of a crowd really changes everything, man. So, we'll see but he will be Yoshinori Ono is a legend in the not only Capcom but in the industry he is responsible for bringing back a beloved genre that I have lived by and that's fighting games for so long so with that said thank you so much Ono-san and uh I hopefully we'll see more of you still down the line you know we'll see hopefully that you'll but he's retiring I know we'll see I know I proudly have his cards that he signed for me uh, mounted on my wall in a frame along with uh his posters and the pictures and all the everything i'm just i'm absolutely happy i'm ha- very happy that i got a chance to meet the man who made who helped uh make my genre and my one of my all-time favorite video games ever so shout out to him as well last bit of news i want to talk about here we got to talk about this this is um it's been a journey. It's been a journey with this show. My thoughts on the final episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the seventh season journey has come to an end. Uh, after seven action-packed and adventurous seasons, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. says says goodbye and thankfully says goodbye. They get they got a really great send-off. Uh, the show had a, a, quite a, uh, a quite amazing run being mixed with the marvel cinematic universe to some extent for the most part of their journey and still connecting in somewhat way down near the end even though they said that it was going to try to steer away from it but they still managed to have some wink wink connections to it nonetheless um but you can't deny agents of shield had made a mark in the marvel cinematic universe bar none and in a lot of ways so um so funny at the very beginning of the series you know fans myself included were not as excited due to the very slow burn of of storytelling in this series at the very beginning now i can look back at this i can look back at the first season now knowing everything that's about to happen and it can enjoy the first season better but when you first saw it you were just aching to see some development uh and connection to the to the to the cinematic universe to the movie you know verse of it and because it was supposed to be based off of that you know phil colson is the center point of all this as he was the guy that was in the avengers in the iron man and thor and all these movies and saw we saw his death his untimely death at the hands of loki and the avengers which led to him this show coming out and him coming back to life and we finding out how he came back to life after he died uh from loki and stuff and it just took us on to this journey we got to meet all these new characters that became very relevant and important down the line it was a phenomenal show and it just got better the minute the minute it connected to the mcu movies starting with the winter soldier the series went into high octane and they never looked back each episode each season became better than the last well I do think that one of the episodes kind of was a little bit weaker than most, but um, it, you know what? It was it was the season. I think it was the season that it was uh, that was based on um, Doctor Strange, but it kind of turned up when Ghost Rider came out. So <laughs> that to me was just it, it, it met its standards for me. Um, and this week we got to see what I call was a great send off or maybe the best send off since um hunter and mockingbird left which was a one of the most still to this day one of the most emotional sad episodes ever a lot of people cried during that episode i remember we were watching that when we used to be hot and heavy with the talk time posts and we were watching a lot of us in the the acmg facebook group years ago were like really heavy on this show and watching all together as hunter and mockingbird left the show because 
uh, I forgot what was the reason. Uh, they were court-martialed or whatever like that, and they were uh, dismissed. And, oh, that was so sad. And, you know, we haven't seen... Well, we saw Hunter down the line, but um, the actress who played um, Mockingbird, she went off into the Orville, so we got to see her on there. And she also... Forget, she also played... I believe she also played uh, Lady J on... Uh, gi joe retribution i believe too um so it, it was it she was really good in that she really really did a great job there but it, you know we haven't seen an episode like this but i i compared this last episode to that of that episode as well so it was a great send-off at the end the remaining crew used a holographic projection to meet in a bar in order to reunite with each other after the crew defeated the enemy android race known as the chromacons uh and hydra one last time and stopped them from destroying shield and the timeline as well uh to and taking over the planet doing so uh a lot of time traveling twists and turns in this season that led daisy's mother jai uh, Yang, uh from uh from the past dying again but this time uh not by the hands of daisy it, uh, I forgot the name of the the main villain of this year. Uh, he, yeah, and I think that's the that was the one weak point. Um, wasn't really thrilled with the with the new um, villain this year, but he was he he did his case. He did his point. It wasn't the most devastating dude ever, but he really he really did his point. Um, we also got to see Daisy at the end reunite with her sister Cora, who's also an Inhuman as well uh, from the past, while also in a relationship with detective salsa from agents of shield who also is from the past as they now travel across the space in the galaxy there so it would be cool if they sort of spin it spin off did a spin off of that but who knows what the hell is going to happen we see now former agent may becoming an instructor for the new Coulson academy uh, who is also now the teacher of the inhuman uh, kid, the black kid that was on air. I forgot his name. He was awesome. He's also on, on the um, Netflix show, Mr. Iglesias. He's on that show, too. He's I love that kid. And I'm glad that he managed to make a comeback onto the show because I forgot what happened to him during the time when the agents was all in space because he was one of the coolest um, characters in there as well. So uh, Deke possibly could have been the mvp of this season he has been awesome this entire season he went back into the 80s he started stealing famous songs from some of the most iconic uh people uh in in music history during the time and he wound up uh doing the ultimate sacrifice uh by staying in the past to save his future um which involved Fitz and Simmons. Fitz, who makes his return at near the end of the episode, uh, the uh, the season, I should say, reunites with Gemma, only to find out that she lost her memory completely. Uh, we also discover that during the time when Fitz and Simmons were plotting and planning against Hydra and the Chromacons, they had a kid and safely hid the um, hid her from danger by putting her in one of the pods until they returned. I want to note too. That something the, the connection to this season to Endgame here was when uh, it was very extremely subtle, which is what Josh Whedon and uh, his brother do best on this show. They do a lot of hidden, uh, you know, uh, Easter eggs in here. One of which pointed out a cool reference to Endgame with uh, Fitz explaining the whole quantum theory of time travel. In the same fashion that the ancient one did when talking to Bruce Banner on at, uh, in the end game movie, so I thought that was awesome and a really great connection to that. Uh, we have Mac, who is now the director of Shield, with uh, while also donning the uh, gear that pays homage to Nick Fury. It was, that was an awesome little uh, send off right there for him. And then of course we have Phil Coulson with uh, LMD if you if you uh will decides to travel the world and reflect on what his next step will be he does so riding the brand new lola uh if you remember lola is the corvette that he always loved he absolutely loves that car uh it's the it's the red little red corvette that he uh rides and would not let anybody touch it but thanks to mac 
he got new modifications, a completely new transformation of this deal because Mac modified it. Now, if you guys remember, what's so awesome about this moment is that when Mac first appeared in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he, he appeared, I think, right after Trips died or during Trips. I forgot what it, what it was. It was during or after. But uh, he appeared and debuted on the show. And he was he's always been a mechanic of the show. And he always wanted to work on Lola and see the insides and schematics of Lola. Coulson would not let him have that opportunity at all. He did not want him to touch it. So we got the payoff at the very end of seeing Mac finally getting a chance to work on Lola and living up to the expectations of Mac's uh, engineering capabilities. He, no pun intended or pun intended, Mac'd out the Mac the hell out of that damn thing. Turned out he transformed it into an awesome, awesome car. It transforms it to for like the little red Corvette to a a hovering black version of it it's it was fantastic it was awesome um just, just really great show really great send-off i believe disney plus will be um having that series soon if they i believe they announced that they were gonna have that series soon so um netflix has it as well but i think it's gonna be taken over by disney plus we're gonna get a chance to see every single episode i highly recommend if you haven't watched that series at all go out of your way if you ever do a binge watch the ultimate binge watch when it comes in, uh, to the Infinity Saga has to include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can possibly leave out uh, Agent Carter to some extent, but I would still highly recommend watching Agent Carter. But watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is very pivotal because a lot of things that are happening in the movie happens to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And in some cases, some things that happen back. I'll give you a great example. There's one episode where um, with, that leads to avengers age of ultron which colson gives the order for the avengers to go take out hydra which is the which is the scene that we see at the very beginning of age of ultron awesome you got the one episode that leads into winter soldier as well you got the one episode that leads for uh into thor the dark world it's just so many great moments that connect and willing then you got the uh what is it the doctor strange episode and it's just really awesome i would give if if i had to give my three favorite seasons it would have to be the first season with the winter soldier kicked in the second season i would definitely say is the ghost rider season it would have to be the ghost rider season and then the third will probably be the inhumans with uh daisy and uh jia yang that one because that was really good as well so but overall if you put them all together at once it's a phenomenal season they did a great job uh, i'm really glad that they allowed this series to end properly because it would have been a it would have been a crime for this show to end the way it would have if it would have been a cutoff so kudos to them kudos to josh whedon and his and the whole entire cast of them for writing a really great show and what was awesome about this is that you know the whedon you know brothers were able to finish this unlike they did with firefly so we got a great send-off from this but you know at least we got this and you know as opposed to him not getting you know getting cut off again so kudos to them and marvel and everything to that as well folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and talk about netflix's new movie starring jamie fox joseph gordon lovett and dominic fishback called project power we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a 
next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Netflix's latest action pack hit, Project Power, starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon Levett, and the new up and coming Dominique Fishback. This story takes you to an illegal run of pills that gives users mutated superhuman abilities for up to five minutes and is now hitting the streets of New Orleans uh, and is up to a local cop, a teenage girl who is a drug dealer or dealing the power pills and a ex-soldier in search of his daughter to stop the spread of this new drug and stop the source of it as well. So let's get down to the cast real quick. As I mentioned, the main cast of the uh, show, which is Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominique Fishback, uh, who uh, Jamie Foxx plays Art, who is the ex-soldier. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Frank, who is not only the uh, the ex-cop or the the local cop i should say not ex-cop he's not only the local cop involved in looking for the source of this dealer but he's also a user himself so he uses this in defense of those who would use it against him and dominique fishback who also teams up with frank plays robin who is a student trying to make ends meet trying to get through the uh the hood and everything and trying to you know make it out you know that you know the age-old story of the dealer trying to make enough money to support the family and trying to get out and trying to beat the system or whatnot. And somehow, some way she works with Frank, you know, in, in, in some, to get a hold of some of this out there. And then she runs into art eventually who finds out that she could be the lead into finding out who is actually selling this, uh, this, um, the source of this. Now we first think in this movie, that art is just looking to get to the source of the drug dealers to stop the drug dealing when in fact we learn later on that he's going after his daughter uh for some reason they've kidnapped his daughter we don't learn why until near the end of the film so uh i would like to talk about the rest of the cast but the rest of the cast there wasn't really any two any cast member or characters that stood out other than those three now i will mention alan Maldonado, who I am, I, I love this guy because he plays on a lot of really sh uh, cool shows that I've watched. Uh, he's on Blackish all the time. He plays like the uh, the intern for uh, for the uh, firm that Anthony Anderson's character play or Andre plays. Um, he's also plays on the Last OG with Tracy Morgan. He plays Tracy Morgan's cousin on air. So. I like that they had him in there for a short stint. So, but everybody else, I, I, no, nobody else really stood out here. And I think that's going to be the problem of this movie as I go on. But, you know, the main, the main, you know, crew of this movie was in fact, you know, Joseph, Jamie and Dominique in here. They, they stood out what as they should. But I also feel like there should have been more people that stood out in this uh performance as well everything everybody else was just on the level even um machine gun kelly who we got to see a really cool appearance with and honestly i would i i feel like mgk was kind of wasted in this movie i thought he did they used they utilized him like he's not he's not the best actor in the world but i think they accentuated the positives and hid the negatives of him i thought he did pretty good they utilized him for what he could but i would love to see him do a little bit more but maybe it's the fact that he couldn't really do more they really wanted him to just for that short moment that he was in the movie either way i thought he did pretty good for what he was for what they used him for he played a character newt um which was part of the you know the drug ring out there and he was also a user himself as we found out and the pills the thing about the pills is that they're very potent very powerful and unpredictable they're very unstable just because it works it works on people different ways because it's everybody has a different dna so a different mutation will happen when they take it so anything can happen even explode you can die using these things not everybody's going to be safe it's uh, it's that unpredictable that part i love um there were a, some uh, quite a few great moments in here um 
and a lot of messages along the way that I really appreciate it uh, in regards to Black Lives Matter and representation here. Very, you know, not it wasn't like um, hammering you in the head with it, but it was just very subtle, very useful, and it, it, it fit for what it was doing. Um, the scene where Robin imagines, and I was so mad about this. I love this scene, but I was really mad at the, you know, when I found out that this wasn't real. This There's a scene where Robin imagines that she's rapping about her teacher trying to humiliate her into studying and achieving grades uh, for a system that is designed to see black people fail. And it was an awesome, like she, the thing is about uh, Robin is that she's not only a student she's not only dealing you know the pills outside in the street but she's also a aspiring hip-hop artist she she can she's really good at doing freestyle and she spit this really hot freestyle on a teacher or in her mind that had the kids going crazy they were filming it putting it on making it viral and everything but it turns out that she's very shy she can you know almost like rabbit from um you know from uh eight mile you know he i mean he could he could do it but but even she's even more shy she's more of like introvert in this case but she has the ability to do it she's just too afraid to go on public to do it, or at least to people that she feels that is high and higher up in this case and it wasn't until uh art jamie fox's character had to tell her like you gotta you gotta put it all out there you got you have this power to express yourself you need to do it that's your power you know don't waste it you know so there was some positivity in this uh in this movie throughout uh and he started thinking of her even though he at first he was intimidating her and trying to get uh, her to find a source and you know he, he he really did her in he scared the living crap out of her for the first few uh you know scenes of this but then she started to figure out and find out that you know what he was really about and it worked out i love their their chemistry i love their dialogue as well the dialogue in this movie felt very real very authentic it didn't seem like they were writing off lines they they were they spoke especially dominique and i think that's what i love about her and her character uh robin she she spoke exactly the way you would in the street like the lines felt real the conversations felt real and I, that's what i did like about this movie with her especially because one and not only that to see somebody like her on in this movie this type of representation we see black um you know representation quite a bit but not to the extent of you know when it comes to colorism and and, and, and um you know pigmentation she looks like somebody i would see in a normal around the way and to see that in, in in a film like this in a big budget film like this i appreciated it because it makes you see her and she performed extremely well it gives everybody a chance to say like i can do this too and i i really appreciated that they casted her in uh she did extremely well in here and i thought she kind of stood out on her own you know even with two major two major major uh talents as joseph gordon levitt and uh jamie fox right there she handled herself really well she wasn't being carried she was actually handling it. i love the uh chemistry um between her and um and, and gordon and joseph's character because they had this chemistry together and there were some funny moments when she had when she was you know trying to relate him to clint eastwood and telling him to handle himself in the same clint eastwood way but he said it was too corny to do it but he wound up doing it anyway down the line so that was awesome too uh jamie fox uh as art tearing house throughout the entire movie was also really great great fight moments great fight choreography as well great cinematics um and in great cgi special effects too because all the powers that you know people were possessing upon taking a power pill machine gun kelly especially who flames on while fighting i like it because when you take the pill is no, there's no guarantee that you're going to be intact he kept taking the pill he was addicted to taking the pills after a while as we saw but he it it, it made him flame and the flames aren't like protecting him they're hurting and harming him but he can't he he just can't have enough of it so I, I like this it's not like johnny storm where like he can control the flames to a point that he can't be harmed by him 
No, these flames are harming him. You can see the boils in his face <laughs> from them harming him. And it turned out to be a really great uh, action scene, um, which unfortunately met to MGK's demise at the, as a result of that. Um, the, yeah, the unpredictability of the um, of what happens when people take the pills. You saw a whole bunch of examples of that throughout the film, which I think was very important to show how really, uh, really, you know, incredible these things are, but also how deadly these things are as well. Joseph Gordon-Levitt had one of the funniest, funniest and charismatic moments in the movies, uh, uh, you know, between him and Robin and then between him and Robin's mom. Uh, who he snuck into the house, pretended that uh, he was dating her to get the feds out of the house. There was a moment where that led into one of the funniest parts of the movie as you got to see Robin's mom start filming the feds who comes in without showing badges and warrants and they get into this whole tirade and stuff. It, it's hilarious. It was really, really one of the most standout moments of the entire movie as well. Um, we also get the moment because if you notice throughout the movie, Art does not take the pill at all. So they, they are, they're doing a slow burn of, you know, when Art ends up taking a pill, not knowing what the hell happens. And then again, it makes sense. Whatever happens to him happens because we found out about what's really happening and why and where the source of the drug comes from. So which goes to my next little situation here is the my hero academia like storyline here as we find out near the end of the film we discover that art's daughter who is who i mentioned was kidnapped uh because she is a very important part of their process of this drug why because her dna is the source of this drug and when they finally find her you see her with a bunch of um bandages and incisions in her neck because they're experimenting on her taking cells from her using it to drain her so they can use um so they can create the drug because she has a power apparently and the lab led by dr gardner used her to create this unstable drug so the story is slightly not entirely but that premise of that story is somewhat similar to one of my recent my hero sagas that i love involving the villain overhaul who used uh who also used young eerie uh her cells i should say to create that drug and the difference between the power pill uh and and the quick destroying drug is that the power pill could downright be deadly to some and powerful to others while the quick destroying drug is used to end uh the use of a quirk's ability so they kind of use that storyline i don't know if it's derived from that actual premise but yeah you could uh, it, it goes to show that not everything everything is not original <laughs> to say but I, I like the fact that they did use it and they used that one element but uh spread it out into something different and i love what they did with this movie in that in that sense um but we got to talk about the negatives too the negatives like i said at the beginning when i was talking about the cast i can only talk about joseph gordon levitt i can only talk about jamie fox i could only talk about dominique fishback because they were the ones that stood out the most everybody else was just on the level nobody stood out there was they had a bunch of antagonists that they were facing but none of them none of them felt as threatening enough or stood out to be a big threat they it there was no big fo focus throughout the movie of this man in fact the dr garner we found out like later on that she was the source of all this so they didn't really do it a good job leading up to who's the biggest bad guy at this whole entire thing who's responsible and then when we got to see him there, it was like no big deal you know so i think that was a fail in, in that sense um none of the bad guys like just it, it it just astounded me that it none of them really stood out all of them felt like mid bosses in a video game but we never got to see to really see any character that had that final boss feel up to it you know it kind of left the movie a little bit flat in my opinion as the only thing that was carrying the movie was the main cast um the lack of antagonist to me you know made this movie look like a filler at best and at the end if you saw the end of it it, I, it, it there's a possibility it felt a little bit open-ended in a sense like all right jamie's gone but jo joseph might be still there possibly we don't know where this is leading to um you know robin po possibly is still there who knows i don't know where this is leading to but 
uh, or if it's going to lead to anything at all. But uh, it, because now the daughter's gone, the daughter's gone, and the source of the powers is gone. So I mean, I doubt if they're going to do it again. But yeah, I, I hate to compare, but I you know I have to compare this to that of you know what they what the narration did the narrative for um the marvel movies did you know you had a lot of antagonists that really stood out and one became bigger than the other leading to an 11 year journey to the biggest of them all so we never got that feel that you know one was bigger than the other everybody just felt like in the same level like we got uh we got red skull at the beginning you know i guess we could say uh obadiah's you know we could say him to some extent but you know he was small fry but we um we wound up getting like abomination we got um i mean thunderbolt ross we got we got loki which became the bigger one at the end and then we also got um ultron we i mean we got so many great people we had um guardians of the galaxy i forgot his name uh, i forgot that i forgot uh god i've ro- uh, ro- Oh, Ronan. <laughs> we got Ronan, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, who wasn't the biggest villain at all. But if you compare him to, you know, the characters in this one, he stood out a little bit more than they did. Um, you know, just so forth and so on. And then everything just led up to, and even Ultron. I didn't, I wasn't particularly a fan of Ultron's portrayal as much as, but he still was a really a, you know, a standout to that extent he didn't he even though he wasn't like as menacing as i would like him to be he still stood out uh, to me really well and then even extremists you know to some extent that that character stood out uh you know africa uh, the, 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 the uh, person on uh who played the extremist uh storyline in iron man 3 stood out all of the all of the villains did kind of stand out in some form or fashion all leading up to thanos which was the biggest badass of them all you know so but in this case they didn't focus on the antagonist and i think if they would have it would have made it would have put a lot more depth into this movie and made you a little bit more engaged in this movie but the luckily for them the three main cast members really carried themselves really well throughout the entire film so that's the only big it's kind of a big deal but it's i mean for their sake it really wasn't so overall despite the lack of a good bad guy this movie had was a lot of fun to watch and a great cast of protagonists uh dominique's performance was authentic and entertaining while jamie and joseph played to their natural strengths um to make this movie action-packed and st- from start to finish uh also a lot of re- like i said a lot of relevant and, and inspiring messages pertaining to uh, representation and black lives in the movie that gave it a bit more meaning to it so overall i would give this this is a B. This movie would get a grade of B. Uh, I would say give it a try. Check it out. You know, I think you'll be entertained by it. It's nothing to get an Oscar for. Sometimes this is a popcorn movie. This is plain and simple, a really solid popcorn movie, you know, with some solid performances um, all around with the main cast. So go out of your way to check it out. Folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very much for listening to this and all of our shows and all of our interviews and everything that goes on here. Um, you can check out this in every episode on TalkTimeLive.com. You can also check out our exclusive interviews. I got Now I got to update it again because I'm, I'm starting to get a lot of interviews coming in again. And I'm, that means I'm going to have to go into the exclusive page and start adding the new episodes in as well. So I will be updating that very soon. But you can always go on TalkTimeLive.com to uh, listen to this and all of the interviews that we've um, had on air. If you want to go directly to just the interviews, you can go to the exclusive tab on that page or you could type directly into it by typing TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive and it'll take you right there you can also subscribe and download on all your favorite uh streaming networks including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in we're everywhere which means amazon alexa devices so we're everywhere and anywhere you want to be next week dc fandom is coming we're going to re- 
check that out. We're going to highlight that. The whole entire episode is just going to be that. Uh, this is a con event. So we're going to focus only on that. There will be nothing new in the world, unless something outside of that is that big we're going to talk about. So we're going to focus on that as well. Um, this for select start. I'm not sure what the hell is going to be for that, if there's going to be one for that. But um, I am still playing the beta this weekend for Marvel Avengers. And I got to say, it is a little bit. They managed to make some do some fixes automatically. So there's some things, some controls and some control schemes, some things that were better than my first play with it. Uh, Kamala Khan is actually much better played. The Hawk is played better. Uh, I just need to level up more. And I think the more I level up, the better the uh content will the gameplay will be in this case but it's becoming more solid than it was before and they tweaked it up this week as well so um we'll be talking a little bit more about that and whatever comes by if anything major comes by but next week uh this week i should say josh shernoff is coming on to the show it's going to be a wrestling centric episode but we are going to talk about retromania wrestling and his involvement in it so stay tuned for that the second video interview for talk time live uh exclusive so definitely look out for that wrestling fans and much much more we got some other possible interviews coming down the line i'm i I just gotta say i am very grateful i am very blessed i am very humbled by the opportunities that i have on this show in my own office here and i've been a witness to a lot of great moments on this show um i i hate to be dark and gloomy but if tomorrow's my last day I would not regret what I did yesterday. But um, now I say that to say, like, you know, as we are moving on and trying to get through all these um, these dark times. Find a way to reach out to do what you want to do, find a way to reach out to, you know, to be the best person that you could be and to be the best person to everybody you come by. You know, we are all a hurt community right now. And it's 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 really sad there's a lot going on and it's only going to get deeper as we get near to november and beyond but we have got to do this together we have to live together we have to you know be happy together um we have to in some form or fashion we have to so please uh try to keep everybody safe try to be nice to everybody as much as possible that are nice to you especially mask up you know be safe and keep everybody else safe and for god's sakes 18 or older vote this november please it is that vital and that important so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there folks take care and have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.